Welcome to First in Maine, your avenue to living well. I'm Debs here with my amazing co-host, Lauren, to meet you in the busyness of your everyday life, to pass along some of the insights and wisdom we've gained over the years. Don't try to figure out life alone. We want to connect you to some of the incredible, well-rounded people in our world. They're life coaches, counselors, pastors, physicians, just amazing people who can help you along the way. Each episode, we'll be sharing sharing personal stories, practical help, and timeless principles to help you live at your best. So lean in and let's tackle life together. Hey, everybody. How are y'all doing? Welcome to First in Maine. We are so glad that you have decided to listen today because we're kicking off this episode discussing a topic we believe most of us probably need to hear more of. Go ahead. Try to guess what it might be. Yeah, Lauren, before we say what it is, y'all remember we've spent the last few episodes talking about how our attitude is our responsibility. No one else's. And as we thought about that, there's a lot of other areas that we have responsibility to steward. And we just thought we would take the next few months to talk about each of these areas. And guys, we came up with a really good list. We did. (laughs) But before we start talking about the different areas on our list, we thought it would be good to take an episode to talk about something we need in order to flourish in any of these areas. Something that is fundamental to living well. So... I wonder what your ideas are. I'm going to tell you in just a minute, but think about it. What's something we all need more of, be it in general or at least in one or more areas of our lives that's fundamental to living well? Let's see if you guessed it. It's self-discipline. Dun, 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 dun. (laughs) (laughs) And most of you probably sighed uh, like I did. The reality is, you know, Self-discipline oftentimes is something we know we need, but like trying to go for it, it's just like, uh, you know, in Google, the word self-discipline was searched for um, 1,200 times in a month, whereas fun and pleasure was searched for over 250,000 times. That just kind of brings what we're talking about into perspective. Think about that. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm not sure why, but I keep thinking about all the moms out there that do that little airplane spoon thing with their little ones. Uh Like, you know, the open up, you need to eat your broccoli. It's good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Self-discipline is a lot like that. I mean, think about it. We can choose to eat chips and dip while binging Netflix. Come on. We see you out there. (laughs) (laughs) I like popcorn. (laughs) Well, there you go. Or we can choose to buy vegetables, cook vegetables, and eat them while we're reading an inspiring book, right? Right. The bottom line is our habits are our responsibility. And God has put so many things in our charge under our care. We talked about attitude, but our lifestyle, our work, our relationships, even our worship. And what that boils down to is we're free to make all sorts of decisions every day that ultimately affect the quality of our life. So first in Maine is about living well, and that means we have to have self-discipline if we're going to make good choices and practice good habits. So true. And, you know, for me, 
An area that has required a great deal of self-discipline is a little bit more vocational. When I first began my career as a hairstylist, I didn't have any clients, which also meant that I wasn't really making any money. (laughs) Not good. (laughs) No, I needed to make some money. (laughs) And so I had to grow clientele and that required self-discipline. First, I had to grow some confidence as a hairstylist because I was new at it, not much experience at all. So I took continuing education courses at least once a month. But, you know, I had to make time Mm. for that. Also, because I was new to the salon, I really couldn't afford to like pick and choose what clients I got. So I had to commit to being at the salon all day and take walk-ins. I mean, I worked every single Saturday because that is the busiest day of the week in a salon and most evenings because a lot of people like to come in the salon after their work day. Yeah. And during holiday times, it wasn't even much of an option to take off because the salon is crazy busy right before um, Thanksgiving and Christmas. I bet. And so these were just some of the things I had to do. I haven't even mentioned the communication and the listening skills I had to work on or my time management. And as I grew as a hairstylist, my goals changed. And so then my habits had to change. And I think that's what happens. As we grow and we hit goals, we then reevaluate where we are and what our next step is. Now here I am, 17 years later, and I'm trying to figure out how to work less instead of more. Wow. I mean, that is a great, great example. Um, You know, when you were sharing that, Lauren, it made me think of something. And it's something that I try to keep in mind when we talk about discipline. You know, it's this, whatever the discipline, its most important feature is its purpose. You know, Lauren, you had a vision. And because of what you were aiming at, you disciplined yourself to do some things you really didn't want to do. But it was for a purpose. And you knew that in time, you were going to benefit from that. You made a sacrifice on the front end. And I think for us, we all need big enough whys in whatever area we're working on, whether it's vocationally, relationally, spiritually, I mean, physically, you name it, whatever the area is. In order for us to stay motivated and be disciplined, We need a vision. We need to be able to see something better ahead. And we need to have a conviction that the cost we're paying on the front end is going to be worth it. The Bible actually says that when we don't have vision, we'll naturally cast off restraint or we'll be, you know, undisciplined. Because if we're honest, discipline is not fun. It means doing things oftentimes we don't want to do, uh, things that we don't feel like doing. And Oftentimes, it just feels like we're going against the grain and being deprived. Yeah, you're right. It's definitely not fun or easy changing bad habits or wrong ways of thinking or patterns of behavior. It's just it's just downright hard. Exactly. So we have to believe that our momentary pain or sacrifice, you know, whatever it is that we're giving up, is ultimately going to have some benefit in the end. So whenever we're developing good habits, think about it like exercising, limiting our screen time, maybe forgiving, even submitting to authority, whatever the discipline is, you know, and the list is endless, being able to look forward to the outcome on the back end is what's going to enhance our ability to stick with it. You know, think about the jogger that keeps running because she sees herself, 
you know, 50 pounds lighter, or we just got through with watching the Olympics. Many of us did. And we look at those people, they're athletes and they get up, you know, early in the morning. They discipline themselves in so many ways, work for hours. Why do they do that? They have a picture. They have a vision of standing there winning an Olympic medal, and that spurs them on. It helps them focus on the reward of what the self-discipline will actually bring. Yeah. And you know, the Bible does tell us that a passionate person makes good use of his time, wealth, and energy. It's actually in Proverbs 12, and this describes the type of person you're talking about. They've tapped into the why behind what they are doing. They're passionate because they have a clear vision and personal convictions. We all know passion is a motivating force. So I think that this means that vision and motivation go hand in hand. Yeah. It's pretty exciting because in the next several podcast episodes, we're going to explore different areas of our lives and envisioning what we want and why. So this means we're basically all on the verge of awakening our passion and finding the motivation to do what we need, even though it's hard. So true. You know, guys, so in the meantime, I want to ask you a few questions. I want you to consider this. Do you have a clear vision for your life? Are you clear about who you want to be, what you're called to do? Are you clear about the steps you need to take in order to get there? This is a life principle. It is something that I have to come back to time and time again, and it's this. We need to define your who before your to-dos. So important. You know, in fact, I'd encourage all of you to look at your calendar. Look back at how you have been spending your time since this past January. It can be really, really revealing because a lot of times we say something But we do something completely different, and our calendar really can tell us where our values are. You know, over the next two weeks, even if you've done it before, take some time to describe, to think about, and to write out the kind of person you truly want to be in different areas. Like, are you married? What kind of wife do you want to be? If you're single, what kind of single woman do you want to be? Maybe you're a girlfriend. What kind of girlfriend do you want to be? Um, You could be an incredible mom, but what does that look like to you? What about a friend or, you know, a daughter or, you know, an employee, a volunteer? I mean, the list goes on and on. Think about it. What kind of Christian do you want to be? I know that's throwing a lot at you, but if you don't have any vision or you're not aiming at anything, you're surely (laughs) not going to get there. So write out a personal vision And then begin praying about it and answer, what am I really called to do? Write it down, whatever you see. I think that's great. And, you know, and as a John Maxwell life coach, one of the things that John Maxwell team encourages people to do is create a life plan. It's basically like creating a week by week agenda, except you plan it out for an entire year. Mm -hmm. And it's a vision of how you want your year to look like and goals that you want to achieve, when you want to achieve them by, and a way to track it all. It's really cool. And it definitely requires both vision and self-discipline. And, you know, in the weeks to come, as we continue to talk about these things, our vision for our life is what will help us with the actions we need to use to get 
the results we want. We're going to be self-examining and several different areas of our life we're going to be talking about spiritual, physical, relational, financial, personal, social, occupational, and just so many more. And spending time in these areas will help us determine what really needs our attention. Are we out of balance? Are we lacking discipline? Where are we lacking discipline? I love it. We all need these regular checkups and reminders to keep us on track. I'm I'm pumped. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Okay, so Debs. <laughs> let's go, let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> so Debs, when it comes to rah, self-discipline, rah, rah. <laughs> what do we need to know? Maybe we can explore why having self-discipline is important, the danger of an undisciplined life, and maybe you could touch on a few things to consider when developing and practicing self-discipline. Absolutely. You know, I think it's important to say up front that neither of us are experts at this. You know, we both need more discipline in certain areas of our lives. The thing is, discipline isn't something we're naturally born with. It's something that is learned. It's exercised. It's a skill that can be developed. Um, It's really a fruit of the Holy Spirit, but it has to be practiced. Now, remember, this is first in Maine. So first, let me start off by explaining what we mean when we say self-discipline. To begin with, each of us has the ability to make choices, okay? We can say yes to things like the chips and dip, (laughs) (laughs) or we can say no to things. Uh, We can make decisions. And the Bible from its opening chapters reveals our freedom to choose and the past that different choices lead to. And I think the main problem that we have to come to terms with is we are naturally undisciplined and equally, you know, prone to making unwise choices, selfish choices, indulgent choices, what the Bible refers to as sinful choices, which means we need self-discipline. We need an ability to exercise control of ourselves, you know, uh, be it in our thoughts, our impulses, our words, our actions. And this is something we're told we have the ability to do through the power of the Holy Spirit. Self-discipline is the ability, I mean, really a supernatural ability or grace that we're given. But here's the key. It's something that must be exercised. We have to use it. And the more we use it, it seems like the stronger it becomes. So when we receive that grace and understand how it works in our lives, we're able to control and motivate ourselves to stay on track and do the things that are right. So awesome. Yeah, it really is. And if you think about it, anything we are passionate about takes some type of discipline. Yeah. And even things that we're not passionate about requires discipline. So if we wait to do anything until we feel like it, we will probably not get very much stuff done. For sure. (laughs) So we need vision and passion. They're powerful motivators. But self-discipline, man, that's the bridge that leads to a life of fulfillment. Exactly. I think Andy Stanley said this, and I'm I'm sure other people have said it, but we don't drift our way toward good decisions or habits or becoming our best selves. I mean, that is so true. You will never drift in the right direction. 
So how do we get there? We intentionally discipline ourselves there. You know, there's something that I heard several years ago that I want to share with you. It's a little autobiography and five really, really short chapters written by Portia Nelson. And I think it just illustrates really what we're trying to say in a nutshell. Here it is. Chapter one, I walk down the street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I'm lost. I'm hopeless. But it isn't my fault. Hmm. It takes forever to find a way out. Chapter two, I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I'm in the same place, but it isn't my fault. It still takes a long time to get out. Chapter three, I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it there. <laughs> I still fall in. It's a habit. But my eyes are open. I know where I am. Hmm, it is my fault. I get out immediately. Chapter four. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. Chapter five. I walk down another street. I love that story. <laughs> Man, that is good. You know, that's what life is really about learning. You know, taking responsibility. You know, the most important fight you and I are going to engage in is the one against ourselves. Harry Truman said in reading the lives of great men, he found the first victory they won was over themselves. With every single person he read about, self-discipline came first. And remember, this is first in Maine. You know, I was listening to a speech by Charlie Kirk the other week when we, you know, had first started talking about doing this, and he was actually talking about self-discipline. And I'll paraphrase what he said. He just said, when we become better prepared and equipped to control our own natural impulses, that's when we're actually on the path to living a free life. And that's very much the opposite thing of what we're told. We're told freedom means being able to do whatever we want. <laughs> Wrong, he said. You'll be miserable. Freedom is actually being able to say no to the proper things and yes to the right things, which is exactly what the Bible teaches us. You know, I agree with everything he said. And I think when we apply that to every area of our lives, we have the opportunity to really live a free life. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is from 1 Corinthians 6, 12 in the Passion Translation. Paul is speaking and he says, it's true that our freedom allows us to do anything, but that doesn't mean that everything we do is good for us. I'm free to do as I choose, but I choose to never be enslaved to anything. What is he saying? He is saying, be careful how you hmm. use your freedom. Be careful what you choose because not everything is good, even though you have the freedom to choose it. In other words, choose to take a different avenue, just like the girl that was walking down the street and she kept falling in the hole, <laughs> you know, no matter how hard it is, just choose a different avenue. Choose the avenue to living well. Yeah. 
when we are disciplined, we can choose to not do something we want to do. Exactly. And we have that freedom. We just have to exercise it. Exactly. You know, every one of us can start making more disciplined choices. You know, much of the restlessness and instability in our lives, if we're honest, can be traced to the basic fault of an undisciplined way of life. I mean, there may be other secondary causes, but somewhere behind all of them is a fundamental need for discipline and an unwillingness oftentimes to do life God's way. More often than not, we shift blame, we make excuses, and we avoid taking personal responsibility for our lives. Exercising self-discipline can really alter the course of our lives. The fact of the matter is we need to get a lot better at doing today the things that we'll be happy about tomorrow, the things we'll be happy about next year, and absolutely unquestionably the things that we'll be happy about in eternity. Yeah. Imagine being able to exercise your ability, your God-given ability to take action and follow through on your intentions, no matter how hard, no matter what, I believe we can get there. Yeah, me too. There is a quote by Bill Hybels that says, your toughest management challenge will always be yourself. <laughs> True that. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> man. So personally, for me, one area of my life that I'm not very disciplined anymore, unfortunately, is exercising. It's something that I continually go back to and I'll get in these moods where I'm committed and every day I'm walking on my treadmill, even if it's only 20 minutes, and then boom, something happens and breaks my routine and my momentum. And then getting back on track is hard because I just don't feel like it. And the truth is, I will be happier and freer the better disciplined I am. We all will be. But seriously, how do we get there? I mean, Debs, do you struggle with this? Yes, yes, yes. And <laughs> let me be transparent. Like I said, where I am today is not where I was, you know, 10 years ago. But I still have a ways to go. And I've really been in a very interesting season. I mean, this midlife thing is no joke, y'all. <laughs> There are like reserves I used to could pull from and like, where did they go? I don't know. But, you know, I stepped away from ministry for a season and it's been 14 months. Like what? (laughs) Time has gone by really fast. And I made that decision for several reasons. But one of the reasons was to have time to write a book that's been in my heart for a really long time. Now, if you ask me, well, how are you doing? Have you started? Um, unfortunately, my answer is no. I've not <laughs> been a single thing. I have totally been procrastinating. But that's not all. I mean, my eating habits, my sleep habits, even my spiritual disciplines have gotten all out of whack. And I could go on and I could give you a 100 excuses as to why. And like I said, in the past, I've, I've, I've always had clear vision and a lot of passion, but I just haven't had it lately. And I really haven't felt like applying myself in a way that I've, I've not experienced since I gave my life to Christ. And there have been moments where I have found myself considering whether any of the things I once cared about, if I really even wanted to do them anymore. 
So when I say I've been in some uncharted territory, I mean, I've been in some like uncharted territory. Yeah. But I realized something. I've been casting off restraint, you know, self-discipline because I, I've really lacked vision. And what's happened is little by little, you know, a little less of this and a little more of that. And here I am, you know, I said 14 months, but I, I like really started getting this, you know, a month ago that I was like, I was just like, I woke up one day and I was like, seriously, Debbie, like, what are you doing? And I was kind of like, how in the world did I get here? And in examining myself, I just realized, okay, I could spend a lot of time trying to figure everything out. But the bottom line is, regardless of how I feel or how I got here, the real question is, do I want to stay here? And my question, you know, that I asked myself, my answer was just no. No, I do not. I do not like the way this feels, and I don't want to stay here. So if y'all will bear with me, I want to just share a few quick things that kind of help me begin to turn things around. The first thing I did is I thought about the dangers of living an undisciplined life. That's what you asked earlier, Lauren. You know, there are dangers. Um, Proverbs 25.2 actually says that a man without self-control or self-discipline is like a city broken into and left without walls. You know, what is that saying? It's saying that a person who lacks self-discipline opens themselves up to attack and they're left vulnerable. And let me tell you, that sounds very dangerous. I didn't want that. And as I realized that, you know, I just went back, you know, going back to basics. I prayed for God to help me. You know, remembering that self-control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's something I have to exercise, but it's something I need His help with. You know, it's not by our might. That kept that verse kept going back in my head over and over. It's not our personal strength. It's not by our power, our own sheer willpower. It's by His Spirit. So I started asking the Holy Spirit, help me exercise the self-control that you say will be produced as a result of you being in my life. Give me and help me practice self-control in the areas where I'm struggling. And I was like, Jesus, you know, I not only need to practice it, I need the desire to practice it and the strength and the energy to fulfill what you want for my life. I want to choose better and just help me intentionally discipline myself again. I love that you prayed for that. Philippians 2.13 reminds us that God is effectively at work in us, strengthening, energizing, and creating the longing and ability for us to fulfill our purpose. It actually says that all this is for His good pleasure. Debs, I say it all the time, as hard as it is, I just want to be a God pleaser, not a people pleaser. And I think there are rewards for that. For sure. And I love the fact that God is always with us and He is for us. He wants to help us. You know, the other thing that helped me was I remembered that I alone am responsible for my choices and behavior. You know, that's something that we're told throughout the Bible, but Galatians 6 verses 4 through 5 really drove it home for me. It says, Each one must carefully scrutinize his own work, examining his actions, his attitudes, and behaviors. And then he can have the personal satisfaction and inner joy of doing something commendable without comparing himself to another. 
You know, remember the most important battle that we talked about that we engage in is the one with ourselves. That's exactly what this is talking about. That scripture goes on to say, for every person will have to bear with patience his own burdens of faults and shortcomings for which he alone is responsible. You know, there it is. I alone am responsible. If I lack discipline, I'm responsible. I'm at fault. If I walk down the street and fall in the hole, it's my fault and I can choose to walk down a different street. You know, that really led me to look at some things, ask, you know, some tough questions of myself. And I just had to go back to that same place I talked about, knowing my why and remembering my why. And I remember Deuteronomy 30. It jumped out to me in my mind. I went and opened my Bible. I reread it. And Lauren, you know, I talked to you about um, how much that passage meant to me. Um, do you mind sharing a couple of the verses I told you about? Yeah, sure. So it says in verse 11, after all, what I am commanding you today isn't too difficult for you. It's not out of reach. And then in verses 14 through 15, it says the words you need to be faithful to the eternal are very close to you. They are in your mouth and in your heart. Look, I've given you two choices today. You can have life with all the good things in it or death with all the bad things it brings. You know, for me, Lauren, that, <laughs> that was just so clear and straightforward. It was like I heard the Holy Spirit say, Deb, what I'm asking you, it's not too difficult. I've given you what you need to be faithful. What does it mean to be faithful? It means to be reliable, steadfast, or disciplined. <laughs> um, you know, he was saying that you have my spirit in you. You also have my words. They're in your heart and in your mouth. Use them and make up your mind about what you really want. Do you want a fulfilling life with all the good things it brings or an undisciplined life with all the bad things it brings? I want you to choose life, Debbie, but it's your choice. Just pick one. And let me tell you, when <laughs> when it was put like that, it just it became crystal clear. And I was like, you know what? I am definitely, I'm definitely choosing life. And what that really boils down to is surrendering our will to a life surrendered to the Holy Spirit, committed to exercising more and more self-discipline. And I'll say it one more time. We have the freedom to choose the responsibility. What we do with that choice is ours alone. Yeah. Well, I guess it's just time to get after it. <laughs> <laughs> but Debs, how do we actually go about this? We train. That's what the Bible talks about. We train. You know, Proverbs 23, 12 says, apply yourself to discipline and listen to words of knowledge. Another version says, live a more disciplined, you know, a, a more disciplined life. You know, so just say that, apply yourself. Say that with me. Apply, apply yourself. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> which really just means get to work, you know, work at being disciplined, which that means we have to train. 
you know, that same idea is carried in 1 Corinthians 9.25. And remember, we just got done with the Olympic Games. And I think this just um, resonates, especially after, you know, this week, those games just finishing. It says, now every athlete who goes into training and competes in the games is disciplined and exercises self-control in all things. They do it to win a crown that withers. But we do it, or in other words, we go into training to receive an imperishable crown that cannot wither. If athletes can train, if they can be disciplined, if they can exercise self-control in all things to win a gold medal, I mean, isn't it reasonable to think that we certainly can train, we can certainly apply ourselves, work at being disciplined, uh, work at exercising self-control in all things for God's glory, for like what you said, His pleasure, and um, especially for the benefit that it'll not only have in our lives, but on the lives of others. I mean, think about it. Whatever problems we overcome, whatever bad habits we break, whatever positive lifestyle changes we make, someone else is always watching. Someone else needs to see us overcome the same problem they're facing right now so they can see how great and mighty the God we serve is. Yeah, such great thoughts, Debs. I I think we should all just take a minute and think about this. What kind of impact could our life have on those who struggle with the same kinds of problems? If we've gone through something hard and stressful, wouldn't it be better to just use it in such a powerful and positive way to help someone else? I think that the truth is when we choose life, we're also choosing a life of training, a life of discipline, basically. And when we do that, we bring God glory. We can help others and we can be more spiritually alive and handle stress better and feel happier and love better. And I mean, so much more. And when we exercise self-discipline, our minds are freed up to focus on what we need to focus on instead of all the things we feel like we should be doing. We'll have more confidence. And this means that the person who shows up is much more pleasant and ultimately more productive. Okay, so to recap, number one, self-discipline is something we all need to exercise more of. We can ask the Holy Spirit to help us practice self-control and to help us become more disciplined. And I would just love to encourage y'all to read Galatians 5, verses 13 to 24 in the Amplified Version. It'll really help you examine yourself. Second, I think we need a clear vision for our lives. We all need to answer the question, who do we want to be? And then just take some time to write it out. Third, we need to decide how badly we want it. This means figuring out our big enough whys. We also need to write those down. And then lastly, we need to enter into training with a decision to start paying the price to become the person we desire to be. And I, I personally love this part. We can choose to do it together. Everyone is welcome to join us as we take a closer look at various areas of our lives and our lifestyles, our calendars and our habits and etc. 
Yes, yes, yes. And guys, we really can do this. And it's so much easier when we do it together. We hope today's episode inspires you to take some action to become more self-disciplined. It will not only benefit you, but all the people in your world. The great thing is the more you practice self-discipline, the easier it becomes because it's like a muscle that gets stronger with use. We're so glad you joined us today. We can't wait to meet with you again here at First in Maine, your avenue to living well.